Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Hello, everyone. Good to see you. Well, this is going to be very interesting. This is, uh, first of all, there's many people I haven't seen for a while or and some new people. So, and this on the chapter that we're looking at is quite different from others. And the surah of the Quran that we're looking at is uh, quite special as well, uh, Yasin. And uh, ever since, you know, years and years ago, when I began to hear about the Quran and about Islam and all of that, I kept hearing that Yasin is very special. And uh, we'll want to hear later on uh, about people's experience with Yasin. But this is a very, uh, very special, um, miraculous uh, surah that we'll be looking at today. And so things are going to be uh, quite different, I think. So let's uh, jump right in. If Aisha can lead us with the Fatiha. Can you hear me? Yeah, okay. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki Yawmiddin Iyaka Na'budu wa Iyaka Nasta'in Ihdina Sirat Al-Mustaqim Sirat Al-Ladhina An'amta Alayhim Ghayri Al-Makhdubi Alayhim Amin Okay, thank you. And uh, remember that you can always go to gallery view and extend your boxes so we can see more beautiful faces. So go ahead and try that. Now, so we're looking at the Surah Yasin and where this comes from. And I'll go ahead and read this uh, first beginning part. So Ibn Arabi tells us that from this alighting place, that is the Surah Yasin, emerges manifest the entirety of the divine alighting places. So it's the place from which all of the alighting places emerge. All of them in the world, the world which is everything other than God, the high and the low, spirit and body, meaning and senses, visible and invisible. From this alighting place emerge the 10 statements. And uh, we'll look at this uh, later on, but these are not just the 10 statements that are uh, usually understood. Ibn Arabi has a very special understanding of these. And the prophetic report comes about relief. So a breathing relief, just as we said above, which is actually for us, the next slide. The, uh, this alighting place has faces. So it faces and has facets towards each genus and species and individual in the world faces which do not belong to another genus or another species or another individual. And so uh, from my right hand side, from there will be coming, I hope, inshallah, a breath from Ar-Rahman. And we'll ask our dervish brother Salah, who is in Yemen, who is at the right hand, uh, if Salah could recite a few verses of Yasin. And what we'll do is there's what we won't put a translation up or have a translation. So this is for us to maybe concentrate more on absorbing the sound and seeing what meaning comes across through the sound. 
So uh, with, uh, with Saleh from Yemen, if he could uh, recite a few verses for us. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ياسين والقرآن الحكيم إنك لمن المرسلين على صراط مستقيم تنزيل العزيز الرحيم Okay, thank you. And here is the poem that Ibn Arabi uh, commences the chapter with. Uh, Klaus, if you could read that for us, please. If it is asked where there is in being or there is, which is more spacious than, than the merciful kindness of God. Say, there is a heart, if there is, a house of the divine for a faithful one, established there in him, together with contentious avoidance of the impure, and fear of God when he so adorned. Surrounded on all sides by the true, with knowledge and being known, he's the entity of his image, and he's the rare one in whose entity he's light and easy. The heart is my possession, and my heart is living rent-free because of his creator. He's land flourishing and well-preserved, and he's faith and sincerity. Yes, thank you. So this is the story of the heart. So the heart is all the, the pronouns here of the he. And that's the sukna is that rent free and we I can't get a more or less idiomatic word, but it means that uh, the heart is a guest of the divine creator and the heart is able to live without having to pay any rent. So how we can express this in not so idiomatic English, let me know. <laughs> so this, uh, this surah, uh, when Ibn Arabi is talking about her, he's talking about a, an alighting place of two of the mysteries of the heart, of the collecting and the being. So this is this kind of mysterious term that Ibn Arabi uses throughout the Futuhat, the collecting and the being, al-jama wal-rujud. And so we'll begin to look at some of the imagery of, of who this is and who they are. And so, you know, as with Ibn Arabi, these are very rich images, and he tells us one, he shows us one image, and then he shows us another, and then he shows us yet another. And so this is the beauty of, of reading the Futuhat, that he is, he is illustrating all of this for us. So there are people who are people of collecting and being, and then there is the Fatiha, which is the collection and the being. And so 
in earlier in volume one, chapter five, uh, I'll just summarize this. And as I was reading over this, I realized that in three pages, he's telling us just a little bit of what happens with this particular place of the collecting and the being. And no wonder it's uh, everything is so very complicated. But to put it all into one or two words, when we're talking about the basmala, the basmala up there, and that's the basmala, which is a scan from that, uh, that manuscript from Aceh, from uh, Indonesia, the bee, so the bee of the basmala, which accompanies existent things, is from the presence of the true in a station of the collecting and the being. So the ba, that bee, is in a station of collecting and being. So we've heard that the entire book is contained inside the Fatiha, the entire Fatiha is contained inside the Basmala, and the Basmala is contained inside the Ba, and then Shibli or Beyazid Bistami or we are the dot under the Basma, the B. So you are the B of Bismillah, you are the B, you are Surd, unmoved, unvocalized, and unbreathed. And so surd is very interesting because it's, a, I think, an archaic term for consonants that don't have vowels or not vocalized. And things which are surd are irrational. They don't have a ratio. And so they're irrational and absurd. And so the consonants are absurd and they are irrational and they are waiting to be breathed into. So they are mute until they breathe into. So surd is an archaic term for mute and for consonants. So we are these absurd irrational beings until we are breathed into and then we become vocalized and in Arabic vocalization and movement is the same word. So when we are moved and when we are breathed into. So the vowels that are breathed into us make us move, which make us alive, which make our beings meaningful. And then the breath here is the nafas, the breath of ar-Rahman, which comes from the right, which comes from Yemen. And then, so the B of the Bismillah is us. We are unmoved, unvocalized. And then the breath of Ar-Rahman breathes the vowel ah into us. And then the next letter S, the S is the mirror linking the one who comes before you and the you who comes next. So S is this linkage and it's uh, the, the sibilant sound is the sibilant coming from behind and the sibilant is flowing us and linking us to the next part. And the next part is the M which is the king's cosmic possessions. So the flow is we are surd, unmoved, we are breathed into with an ah, then we come to the S, which is the mirror linking the one to what's coming next. And then what's coming next is M, the king's cosmic possessions. So this is why Ibn Arabi says the bismi is Adam Eve. And there are many other ways and images to look at this. And here's another image that we'll begin to look at. So this collecting and the being is the Fatiha, the mother of the book. So the Fatiha is the opener and also the mother of the book. And then of this book, Aisha said his character is the Quran. So Aisha reports his character is the Quran. 
So he is the book, his character is the book. And then the collection and the being is the mother of the book, and the, which is the Fatiha. And so we have, in a sense, three places that we move or three images to look at. We can see the mist over here. And the mist is his spirit. So this is his وسلم, spirit. And then we see trees. And we'll find out that trees, as we looked at last week, that shajar, tashajara, means contention, means opposites, contradictions. And then his mother is the place where everything is written. And uh, so this paper is something I scanned from a letter uh, my father got from his father. So it's about 100 years old, this paper. <laughs> and so uh, this paper, and we do this in English also, we have these, these metaphors and images in English. You can say that that's the, the book, I, I read you like a book. Or you can say, this is, this is the canvas of my life or the, the canvas upon which I am creating my life. So we have these in English as well. So in Arabic, they're very, very of course, very full imageries. So this, the mother then is the platform or the scape, the landscape. It's Mother Earth, it's the tablet which is written upon. And so we look at the, the process then of the spirit, so the articulate soul, and then the tree, which is this place where things become two and, and things become polar. So polarity is enters in. And then we come to the mother, the page upon which the ink and the pen are writing. And so we can look at the pen, the ink, the page, and we can see his spirit, the tree, and then his mother. So his character is the Quran, and the collecting and the being is the mother of the book. So we'll just be holding this as we go. So this is how the Bismillah Rahman Rahim contains all of these images and we can draw them out and paint them in many, many different ways. So now with this page, which is the mother earth, it's, I think my, I have to make sure that, okay, here we go. So the page, which is mother earth and the tablet upon which the pen writes is the canvas then. And this canvas is a body which has mineral, plant, animal, and human being. And so the mineral parts of our body, plant parts for Ibn Arabi, plant means that those things that grow. So the parts of our body that grow. And then the animal part is the parts that move with intention. So I want to move and that's an animal part. And the human part is the articulation of the soul. So this mystic body, which is the body, is mineral, plant, animal, and human. And all of it is always praising the creator, except the only thing that's not creating, always uh, praising the creator, are humans and jinn. But the body of the human being is always, is always praising. Uh, Omar, if you could recite that uh, verse for us from Isra 1744. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Tusabbih lahu al-samawatu al-sab'u wal-ardu wa man fihum. 
وَإِنَّ مِنْ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا يُسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِهِ وَلَكِنْ لَا تَفْقَهُونَ تَسْبِيحَهُمْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ حَلِيمًا غَفُورًا صدق الله العظيم Everything glorifies who? The seven skies and the earth and whoever is in them. And there is nothing but it celebrates him with his praise. But you do not understand their celebration. Indeed, who is forbearing, all forgiving. Okay, thank you. So this, uh, this, this cosmic body, this Mother Earth body, this, the body that we are, the mystic body, um, all of it is praising. There are mineral parts, plant parts, animal parts, and so on. And last week we looked at, Ibn Arabi was asking us, this is the body of his, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is his body. This is this mystic body. And what part are you? And what faculty are you? Of all the faculties, which of the faculties are you? So he's looking at how each of us are potentially, if we, we're aware of it or not, and potentially or actually, we are parts of this body which are doing things. And so when you see a mystic body functioning, you see the minerals working and the plants working and everything is, is working. And then to extend this metaphor into other places, uh, when you see something that's not working that way, you can think about carpal tunnel syndrome because suddenly when you have one part of the body doing all the work repetitively, not only is it boring, it's also painful. So therefore we wanna be not in a carpal syndrome situation, but in a situation where the entire body is working uh, in together and working and doing its part. So the minerals part, the plant parts and all the faculty parts. So this is how, in a, in a sense, this body then, uh, we begin to see that the body is not just my individual body, but my body is linked as ripples in a sheet to every other body. And that when I look at it in a certain way, I realize that this mystic body is the body of Muhammad Sallallahu And so the ripple imagery is that we go back to that landscape, the page, when it ripples or when it has fibers, we think can think of those fibers as individuals. And that's fine because there's an individual fiber sticking up and say, hey, that's me. Uh, and, or there's a ripple or a crease. And all of those are individuated. But also when we see it, that is one, one landscape. And uh, so that one landscape is this, this one body and the the grains and the fibers and the creases and the ripples are the individuals that we see as well. And so, right, we, and let's sing this Ilahi. The full moon of truth is rising. Souls of love will never Part. You have honored the true Medina of the tender human heart. Welcome, 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 Ya Rasulallah. Welcome, 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 welcome. 
welcome ya habibullah the timeless soul of rasulallah enters into the realm of time beneath his green robe of boundless light only perfect essence shines. Merhaba, oh, rose of prophecy. Merhaba, oh, merhaba. Merhaba, nightingale of ecstasy. Merhaba, oh, merhaba. His right finger, a perfect unity, splits the moon of duality. From his breast, all moonless nights, shines a light that all can see. Welcome, 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 Yana Abi Allah. Welcome, 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 Ahmed and Mustafa. His long hair falls upon his shoulders. Its fragrance is pure as musk. Lines of prayer oh, filled with sweet perfume when the desert breeze blows at dusk. Merhaba, living surat. Merhaba, oh, merhaba, merhaba, ya sin of Allah, merhaba, oh, merhaba. Beautiful, thank you. So in this next slide, be watching for the timeless soul of Rasulullah enters into the realm of time. And then maybe in the next in the slide after that, beneath his green robe of boundless light. So I think we'll be seeing light. Only perfect essence shines. So that's the who. So be watching for that in the next two slides. And then of course Yasin of Allah. So this is a beautiful way to say the Yasin of Allah. So think about how that works. And then the living surataha, so the living Quran. So Aisha told us that his character is the Quran. Okay. All right, two more slides from now. So, and, we, and the, this Ibn Arabi told us that this alighting place is the alighting place of breathing relief. And so we don't really have the word in English, but in Arabic, Breathing and relief are the same word. So I'm using breathing relief. Uh, so Messenger of God, Sallallahu Alaihi said, Indeed, I am finding a breath of a Rahman coming to me from the right-hand side from Yemen. And then Ibn Arabi says, And God breathed relief, transitioning through him by means of the Ansar. The Ansar were the people who welcomed the, the Prophet and his community into Medina. And they came from Yemen. So they're seen as from, the, they came from the side of the right hand. They're from Yemen. They're the breathing relief of the Prophet. The Ansar were words of God. Through them, God aided to victory his religion 
and made him overpower his enemy. So Nasser is aiding and assistance and Ansar, the ones from Yemen who were a breath of Ar-Rahman. This alighting place, Yasin, is the one of this breath, breath relief based on Ar-Rahman. So Ibn Arabi you know, will say these things and hope that we understand the imagery. He's saying the Ansar were words of God. And then in, elsewhere, I've had to bring this up to give, he talks about this all the time. The sites who are the created beings, that is you and me, the sites who are the created beings are words of God, which are never exhausted. So no matter how many, uh, you know, there, there's no lack of pens and ink and paper to write all of these words of God, who we are. And once we are written, we never disappear. So, and the word does not change with Allah. About the being of Jesus, salam, he said he was his word cast to Mary, and he is Jesus, salam. This is why we said the sites who are the created being are words of God. And we're keeping this background. And uh, this is about breathing in relief. Just as Ar-Rahman breathed in relief, transitioning through Muhammad وسلم, by means of the Ansar. So he said, indeed, a breath of Ar-Rahman comes to me from the right hand side. So the Ansar were brought forth from that breath of Ar-Rahman. So Ar-Rahman breathed into and created these people called the Ansar who would give Nasr victory and assistance to the Prophet and they are words of the true. It is just as God breathed relief transitioning through Jonah by means of the exit from the belly of the whale. Uh, Omar, if you could uh, read the verse and translation, please. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Wadha noon idha dhahaba mughadiban fadamma an lan naqdir alayhi fanada fi al-dhulumat an la ilaha illa anta subhanak and this is um, and mentioned the noon when he went off in anger and deemed that we had no power over him but he cried out in the darkness saying there is no God but you be you glorified I have been a wrongdoer Thank you. And so now this is an uh, illustration that Ibn Arabi uses a little bit later. Um, and it's very much helpful for us right now. And when I was uh, preparing this, this slide, um, I got to this page and I said, well, I'll put the illustration on this page. And so I was about to you know, delete the, the, the column and all of that. And then I said, wait a second. <laughs> Last week's this page was exactly what we're talking about right now. And that and remember last week, if you remember, and learn that you, the human being, you are a mythal of the divine image. So you are a projection screen of the divine image. And so uh, let's, let's read and then go to the illustration. So remember we said when the timeless uh, soul of Rasulullah enters into the realm of time. So this is uh, uh, 
imagery of when God bursts forth into being, he protrudes with tending directly. So tending directly here is sirat mustaqim, which is at the second verse uh, or the third verse of Yasin. He protrudes with tending directly, sirat mustaqim. And he provides being, that is provides all of us, rahma, the kind mercy, feminine. By her, he opens the latches of the matters, high and low. So these latches are opened by kind mercy. And if you think about opening a latch, opening a locked door, and then bursting forth becomes being and kind mercy. So this is also the way we are the bees, the, uh, the letter B of the basmana. We are surd and unmoved and unvocalized. We're locked up. And when the breath flies us open and, and cracks open our locks and opens our latches by mercy, by kind goodness, then all of these uh, divine effusions can begin. He extends the hand of assistance. So this extending of the hand is medet to the projection screens, that's us, by means of his that, by means of his who. He extends the hand of assistance to other than the projection screens by means of his leaning inclination. So this leaning inclination is also bending in affection. So by means of his leaning one way, the organic bodies appear. So those are the left part in the illustration. And by means of his leaning the other way, the spirits appear. The bodies and the spirits are like the right hand and the left hand because the bodies lack the spirit just as the left hand lacks the right. So this means that the bodies don't have a spirit and the left hand doesn't have the right hand. The universal both hands is the projected screen. So the projected screen is both hands, body and spirit, left and right hand. Its likeness, its illustration is here in the margin. So in this one, we have this half arc, this arc, this half circle, Allah. And then just a little bit above it, there's a bold straight line that Ibn Arabi draws. And look at what this means. This is one line. So this projection screen that we are, we are the missile, we are projection screens. There is this complete human being and his projection screen is the projection screens, one unbroken line. So there is no little bit of line over here, which I could say, hey, that's me. And there's no little line over there to say, hey, that's someone else. There's one bold line of the complete human being and that is his projection screen. And so if I am a projection screen and if you are a projection screen, then we are somehow on that line or in that line. And so our organic bodies are here, our spirits are here. The projection screen that we are holds both hands. So this has, you know, let that sink in and hold on, hold with, hold with that, keep with that. So here's our projection screen that we see. And he created angels from the deeds of the children of Adam and Eve, outward and inward ones. So when we do outward deeds, an angel is created. When we do indoor inside deeds, 
another angel is created. And these angels are created from these deeds. And they all end up at the far furthermost uh, Christ thorn juju uh, lot tree, the Sidra al-Muntaha. And the trees planted in the garden, and so all these other trees planted in the garden, are from the deeds of her family, of the children of Adam and Eve. So we're looking at words that are, we're looking at people who are words of God. We're looking at a person in Jesus, salam, who is a word of God. We're looking at us who are words of God, doing what words do and having meaning that goes uh, beyond us. And we are seeing that our actions are creating angels. And so all of us are these words which are doing and creating and populating the trees of the garden and populating all of them, the entire uh, realm of, of, of words and actions are all ending up at the furthermost uh, lot tree. And so when we'll ask Aisha to read this, uh, the verse, and when we read that, you know, do have a look at this lantern here with the mirror. And I, I never realized that, boy, that really works. So when there was a day with no electricity, you know, or night, and I had the candle, when you put the candle next to the mirror, you know, oh, people know this for thousands of years, but I just figured it out. Oh, wow, there's so much more light. <laughs> so, of course, I'm kind of slow on that one, but there was. So there's, so we look at this light, the wick, the, that's the light in the wick, and we see its reflection in the mirror. And so think about, this is Ibn Arabi, remember he told us in very strong terms, he says, so when you want to see Huck, when you want to see the truth, say, don't look in your own mirror, look in the mirror of your prophet. He's saying, go look in that mirror right there behind the lantern. Look at that mirror and see the light that way. Okay, so Aisha. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Allahu samawati wal Mathalu nurihi ka mishkatin fiha misbah Misbah al-misbahu fi zujajah Zujajati zujajatu ka annaha kawkabuddur Gundurriyu yuqadu min shajaratin mubaraka Tim mubaraka tin zaytunatin lash la sharqiyatin wala gharbiyya yakadu zaytuha zaytuha yudi'u walaw lam tamsashu nar nurun ala nur yahdillahu yahdillahu man yasha Beautiful, thank you. So uh, a translation is God is the light of the heavens and the earth. The likeness of his light is as a niche wherein is a lamp, the lamp in a glass, the glass as it were a glittering star, kindled from a blessed tree, an olive that is neither of the east nor of the west, whose oil well nigh would shine even if no fire touched it, light upon light. God guides to his light whom he will, and God strikes similitudes for people, and God has knowledge of everything. So, 
that, that was beautifully recited. And you can see that's a very difficult recitation. It's, it's difficult in the translation as well. <laughs> so here, let's look at these, uh, these imageries that are coming out. So this is the, the, of this lamp, this lantern. And we're talking about Yasin. This alighting place has the ruling determination in the world, all of him like an alcove, like an alcove, like a container, in which, or a, or a niche, like a niche that's built into the wall, in which is a wick, the wick enclosed in a glass lit by a tree of his who. So the tree is neither east nor west, accepting no directions. So it is a, it is, has no direction. Um, so that means that it's in a higher dimensionality. It doesn't have left, right, nor south, and so on. From this olive tree, there is expressed olive oil. So you get oil out of this tree. And it is the extension, the madda or madet. So when we cry out madet, the extension for the manifestation of this light. So the call for madet, the cry madet, is the extension of the manifestation of this light, which comes from the wick, which is lit by the olive oil, which comes from the tree, and it is in a alcove. So hold that all together. So these are four. You know, so now he's helping us with this. <laughs> you go back and these are four. These are four, the alcove, the glass, the wick, and the expressed olive oil. The fifth is the who, the huyat. And she, so this is capital S now, this is zat, hu, huyat. And she is the olive tree transcendent beyond directions. The metonym for her is the tree. So the way to describe her is to describe the tree. So the metonym of, for her is the tree derived from sajajar to be, so this is the word sajajar, tree, it's derived from the word for embroiled, contentious, intricately involved. This is the contrariness given what this who carries of these mutually contradicting divine names like the exalter and the abaser and the harmer and the benefactor. So consider how perfectly complete are the divine expressions in the report about how the matter truly is. So if we want to spell it out even farther, make this image a little even clearer, the alcove is the blessed chest. The wick is the blessed tongue. And the glass is the blessed mouth holding the tongue and keeping the winds from blowing it and all of these things. The oil is the blessed medet, that is this extension for the manifestation of light. And the tree is who? And then we go all the way back to slide two or three or four. Uh, the, the, his spirit, the tree, and his mother. Okay. And so, the blessed chest, the blessed tongue, the blessed mouth, the blessed medet, and who? And Baki, if you could sing this for us. Allahumma sali, Allahumuhammad Mustafa, Islam blessing be upon you, O beloved Mustafa, you are 
against all the holy throne, in love and love, even it's angels, you'll see all of all the sacred love, you'll carry the dance of supreme truth. Allahumma sari, alamumma me mustafa, this time let's take me upon you, oh beloved Mustafa, you're the human form of the clear Quran, light of guidance, light of holy light, light within light, pressure of prophecy, and says Oh, humanity, Allah, oh, me, sorry, Allah, oh, me, Mustafa, this time blessing be upon you, oh, beloved Mustafa, ya Rasul Allah, ya Habib Allah, ya Shafi Allah, ya Nabi Allah, Sallallahu ala Muhammad. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Thank you, wonderful. Okay, now this, now we're supposed to be only talking about Yasin, which means we're talking about everything. So I, uh, when I first read this years and years ago, and I would keep reading it, I keep thinking that he's talking about Yasin. Well, now technically he's not talking about Yasin, but anyway. It's, I think, Yasin. So let's go ahead and look at this one. Abdul Karim bin Wahshi al-Misri, the Egyptian. He was one of the greats living in Mecca. God be kind to him in the year 599. So he said to me, to Ibn Arabi, I had embarked on a ship in the sea from Judah, from Jeddah, going to the lands of Egypt. When we were splitting through the water and running with the wind, night came upon us. We were coursing in the middle of the sea, and the ship's crew was asleep. Then an individual from the passengers arose to answer the call of nature. His legs slipped, and he fell into the sea, and the waves took him under. The captain fell silent and did not speak. Suddenly there was a goodly gust. The captain of the ship could not believe it, but lo, the man was coming towards the ship upon the face of the water until getting back on. Accompanying him was a giant bird. When he reached the ship, the bird flew up and alighted by the ship's mast pole on the head of the cross tree. Then he stretched his beak towards the ear of that man as if he was speaking to him. Then he flew off. The captain of the ship said nothing to him until when there was a moment during the day, the captain embraced him and treated him with honor and asked him for a prayer. The man said to him, I am not one of the tribe from whom prayers are asked. So, you know, I'm not a saint. Then the captain said to him, but I saw you last night and what transpired with you? So he replied, my brother, the matter is not as you think. It's just that when I fell into the sea and the waves had taken me down and I was absolutely certain of death and there was no use crying out to you all for succor, then I said, this is the measured destiny of the inaccessible, the all-knowing, submitting myself to the decree of God. I could not believe it, but lo, a bird seized me, and he raised me up from between the waves, and he carried me across the waves of the sea until he put me on the ship, just as you saw. Thus I wondered at the design of God, and I stayed there, looking up at the bird. 
And I said, I wish I only knew who was this bird. God made the means of saving me and my life. Then the bird stretched his beak from the top of the cross tree to my ear. And he said to me, I am your words. This is the measured destiny of the inaccessible, the all-knowing, and this is how I am called. So the name of this bird was, this is the measured destiny of the inaccessible, the all-knowing. This is what I've been gesturing to in this chapter, with God creating the angel from the book, or the angel from the words in other manuscripts. And these words are their names. And by these names, they are distinguished one from another. And by these names, they are called out to and entreated, madet, in prayer, wherever the prayer may be. So, alhamdulillah, thank you. Uh, Hamida, so having trouble hearing. Um. Sorry, um, I ignored the big unmute sign on my, <laughs> my screen. Looking at the chat, um, the first question is in on your very first slide, the introduction to Yasin. Um, you quoted that the world could be, the world would be everything other than God. How how could anything be everything other than God? So this is the shorthand for there's God and then there's everything other than God. So there's God who looks at the mirror and all the reflections are everything other than God. So we can say that the reflections are God and they're not God. They're who, lahu. So they're, and so that, and that is, of course, the reason that we ask for forgiveness from Al-Ghafur is because we are made to be the images of God. And then we think, oh, I must be God. And that creates separation. And so what I need to do is say, cover up my thought that I was God, make me realize that I am an image of God. And so that's, that's to restore that there's God, looks in the mirror, and we are the images. And along the same line, curious as to why the same term shifts from masculine to feminine and vice versa. Um, let me let me see how that's if there's. I'm not sure that this is this was one of the places where there's a shift. Um, it would the, have been early on. Yeah, well, in the poem, the M is for the heart. Is is the is every he is for the heart. And then yeah, I'm not sure where exactly that is. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure we need to see exactly where that is. Um, Zakia, can you make it clearer? Yeah. Well, it was the heart, but last week and week before that, uh, 
uh, with the sun and the moon, it happened more often. I termed it female and male, of course, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, it was masculine and feminine. So mm-hmm. it was more during the last few weeks, last mm-hmm. two weeks, I think. But today the heart, I'm not sure the heart is masculine or feminine, but I, I tend to think it's feminine, but I'm not sure though, but it was mm-hmm. more during the last two weeks. Okay. Yeah, so in, in the in the Arabic in the Arabic, uh, the moon is uh, masculine and uh, intense. I mean, masculine in, in grammar, and the sun is feminine in grammar. The heart is masculine in grammar, and then the word for who, which is the masculine third person singular, is called huwia, which is feminine. <laughs> so. When you talk about the he, you're talking about she. <laughs> so, um, and Ibn Arabi will only will, does have gen, sees gender grammatical gender in letters also, but then switches it sometimes when it's uh, appropriate for someone of his adab to speak a certain way about masculine and feminine uh, characters that we have. So in the uh, sun and moon thing, I do know that I did know that the sun was. Uh, feminine and the moon was masculine. But if uh, I remember correctly in the slides, in, in the next page, the reverse, the sun became masculine and the moon became feminine. And that's when mm-hmm. I actually put in the question as to why that is happening. Okay. Yeah, and, that, and it's very interesting because of the gendered grammar uh, when it switches, because Ibn Arabi does switch and sometimes speaks of the, the sun back is masculine. And so this is very interesting. He does that when he talks about the Greeks uh, and the, he said the Greeks have the sun and then he says, and then he switches over to the masculine uh, pronoun for that. So it's, it's, very, it's very helpful to, to watch how he treats the genders of the grammar because that tells us something about what he's, what he's exp- expressing to us. Is there a PDF for all the poems being read? Um, meaning the Allahis or the poems? The, um, okay. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the PD, I, I can send the slides uh, to anyone. Go ahead and put the, the email on their chat. Okay. Um, <laughs> a lot of comments here. Uh, okay. Can you tell us more about the about sakana, i.e. rent-free, and what it means for the divine breath to come from Yemen. Okay, so the, the sukna is that you, you, you abide or you have an abode which is rent-free. And what uh, this, is, this is part of the, uh, the thought of, or the imagery of the guest, because Abu Madian, Ibn Arabi's uh, teacher, uh, Abu Madian was, was criticized, like many of the Sufis are criticized, in those days especially, I guess, uh, they said, why don't you uh, ply a trade or have a craft? And Abu Madian said, I do have a craft and I teach all my followers to take up a craft. And then he says, but as for me, I'm a guest of my Lord and the day of the Lord is 1000 years. So I have, a and because the guest will is put to work after the third day and I'm still on my first day. So <laughs> that's how he looked at that. So being rent-free is to be a, a guest of the divine, which is a beautiful position that we don't have to earn our keep because we are guests. Beautiful. Is it correct that the bird that saved the man was the angel created by his words, his good deeds? 
Yeah, so this was this was the the being that was created by by his medet, his call for help. And he called using those words, and those words took form uh, in, into this bird, just the way as when the Prophet needed help and assistance, that the words were breathed into and they became the Ansar, the people who welcomed him into Medina. So the welcoming him into Medina, they are the words of God, which are uh, relieving him with breath and giving him uh, assistance. And they are, we then call them the Ansar, but they are the words of God. Some of these drawings that you show are very difficult to copy on my notebook. Are they all going to be in your upcoming book so I can relax and stop taking notes so rapidly? <laughs> yes, you, you can relax, we can relax. Uh, Lishan in Cambridge is uh, putting together uh, an illustrated guide to Ibn Arabi, which will be all of last year's slides. She's going to be arranging everything in a beautiful way, kind of like a coffee table book of the illustrated guide to Ibn Arabi. So inshallah, that's, that's happening right now. <laughs> um, Fayez K3 has a question he'd like to ask. Please. Hello, Asalaamu Alaikum everyone. Salam. Really happy to be here. Um, I wanted to ask if the time or the time, everything is happening now and it has happened and is going to happen instantaneously, simultaneously. So the question is about mirage of the Prophet wasallam, And as you said that we are part of his body. So we were presented to as a part. So we have basically done mirage and we are back here, but we have some conscience of it and we have not conscience of it. We sometimes break out of that consciousness and realize it sometimes and sometimes we do not. We have been and not so been. So taking it back to a smaller level, um, cellular level when, um, when our body is feeling pain or the cell goes too hot when we get fever, it's the whole mystical body. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and in fact, the Prophet said that the, this, the faithful, you know, all of us in this mystic body, when there is a fever, they all gather together like a league, like an army, to, and they're all working together uh, to, to uh, protect against this fever. So the mystic body is all of the parts gathering together in a response to this, uh, to a stimulus or to a, to a problem, to a fever. And so that is, that is the imagery of the, of the mystic body, that, when, that we are like a league, uh, an army all working together. And the other imagery is that we're all in rows, like the angels are in rows. And so we are shoulder to shoulder, heart to heart, and, we are, and we're in a, in a row. And that row is how we then present to the world. This uh, and so we had the timeless soul of Rasulullah enters into the realm of time. So what you're what you're talking about is this: there's a timeless soul, there is the there is this timeless reality, and that's why, uh, for instance, Omar will say we don't use the word predestination; we just use the word destination. And so 
that this timeless soul enters into time. And then when it enters into time, then as you said, we're often not aware, we're almost always not aware of that. So the becoming aware of it is medet and astaghfirullah. So that, so that uh, when, I, when I am not aware of it, I feel I am separate. I experience separation. And I feel like I am outside of what is. And I think that I'm in control of my destiny, for instance, or that things that happened before, um, they could have been different. And all of those things are separations. And then to restore myself after separation, that's ghafar ghafur, astaghfirullah. It's to cover up the separation, turn me back to restore me to the direct uh, link to this timeless soul. So that's, that, and, and, but the thing is that it isn't something that I should try to get better at because the, the looking at the th reality and seeing reality as it is, is why I have been created. So Ibn Arabi says, we are made to forget and we are made to not be able to remember everything so that when we see it, we see it fresh. We say, oh, there you are. You're so beautiful. And so this is that you want your beloved to be a bit forgetful. So that every time your beloved comes to look at you and says, oh, look at you, how handsome you are. And then the next day, your beloved says, oh, look at you, you're so handsome. And you said, well, you told me that yesterday. So we don't mind that you, we've told that yesterday and our beloved has forgotten that. And so we do want this separation is a necessary part of humanity. And, and so a necessary part of humanity will also be restoring ourselves after separation. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Another question, was the man who fell in the water calling for help or surrendering? Yeah, so his complete surrender saying, you know, he wasn't going to cry out to the people on the boat hoping that they would pick him up. He just this, this is, I've had that experience before. So someone said, why didn't you cry out for help? And I said, this, you know, what's the use of crying out for help? Because this is what was going on. So he had that situation. This is my reality. I'm dying. And then he says, this is what the destiny is of the inaccessible, the all-knowing. And the moment he said that uh, with utter certainty, then that that those words that were created by him then assisted him and gave him medet, gave him help and brought him back onto the ship. Can you say more about the minerals and how they're part of the mystic body? There seems something significant about how we tend to leave out the minerals. Yes, yes, oh, very much. Um, and that's why I just, when, when Ibn Arabi talks about minerals, he says, these are the highest, and then the plants are lower, and then the animals are lower, and the human beings are lowest of all. <laughs> so that's his hierarchy. Mineral, the best. <laughs> because minerals, they go where they're supposed to go, and they stay there. <laughs> and uh, the rest of us are always running around. Uh, and so the... Uh, the mineral is the highest. And then the mineral, of course, is Mother Earth. And so the mineral and Mother Earth is the one always receptive to receiving the look at the mirror, the reflection of the divine. So that always receptive is the quality of the mineral. And that's why Ibn Arabi says, 
when you die, you go back into the surface of the earth. You go back into the earth and you become more and more mineral. And then as, as long as there's one mineral part of you, the rest of you can fly around the countless universes, but that one mineral part will always be your mirror and receptivity to the divine. Inshallah. In a couple of hours, we have a Zoom meeting with the Sheikahs. Do we have your permission to bring up in that meeting topics or subjects from your presentations to get the blessed Sheikah's feedback? No, well, well, we have another day for that. So uh, some of uh, we do have some gatherings that we can we can do. Uh, this one's going going in a in a, a beautiful direction. We'll do ours. Uh, in a little bit differently, uh, we can we can try that again and meet up um, and 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 go that go a different way with that. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I read from the slides. Sorry, but I don't have the slides. That angels were created for the children of Adam and Eve. Do you mean that angels were created according to humans' needs? If yes, please can you elaborate on that and types of angels according to types of needs? Thank yeah. you. Okay. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, sometimes I get the slides done early and I send them out to some people. Other times they don't get quite so early. The, here the idea is, is uh, the Arabic S, K, H, and R, Sahara. And so Sahara and Tashir means, I'm using the word in English, subjugation. Because what happens is that the angels are subjugated to the human beings. That means they are put into service for the human being. Mm -hmm. And so, and, in, and unless, whenever we start thinking that makes us kind of feel kind of prideful and arrogant, Ibn Arabi will say, let's look at other kinds of subjugations. For instance, uh, we can say that the horse is subjugated to you. And so the horse uh, is put into your service. But he says, but look at this relationship you have with the horse or your car. Think about your car also. You do everything to make sure the horse has enough food. And you make sure the horse is sheltered from the rain and the storms and the sun. And you make sure that the horse is, gets medicine when the horse is sick. And when the horse is out there, the horse runs that way because the horse doesn't need you. You need the horse. So this is to tell us that when you say subjugated, you want to find out who's really being subjugated to whom. And of course, we are subjugated to all the things we think are subjugated to us. But having said that, we do say that Ibn Arabi says that the angels, there are, there are angels who are subjugated to serve so that the human being can do what the human being is supposed to do. And what the human being is supposed to do is to live in the mystic body. And so we need to have uh, blood pressure. We need to have attraction and repulsion. We need to have heat and cold and wet and dry, and we need all of these things to be subjugated to us so that the mystic body can function. But if we then get arrogant about that, then we've missed the point. <laughs> the comment here, mineral, solid in faith. <laughs> yes, and so, yeah, the, the, the mineral is always there, never grows out of being a mirror for the divine and never runs off like a mirror from the divine and never becomes an articulate soul like the human being and thinks that it's divine. <laughs> Is it possible to go over today's topic again some other day? 
Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, we uh, we'll we'll try to we'll try to look at these slides again. Uh, I'll try to set up a time. Okay. I believe with that when Ibn Arabi speaks of angels, he includes all subtle beings, consciousness that exist, and not just the articulating. Oh well, I'm, I don't know if he means angles or angels, but he wrote angles, articulating angles such as Gabriel and others. Yeah, so the, the angels uh, for Ibn Arabi in the Arabic are the ones who transmit uh, messages. So the word for us, messenger, is the word for angelic. Um, so, so malaika are the ones who, who transmit a message. And so these, they, are, they are messengers. And so we, and they go all the way from the archangels to angels that are created by words that we say to angels which are subjugated to do one process of the, the mystic body all the way down to or up to flies that sit on you so a fly that sits on you is a messenger and that message ibn arabi says that messenger is telling you something and the ones who are who recognize god everywhere the arafin they're the ones who don't push this fly away because they need to find out what message is that fly giving me and then when the and they're so they're the part their body is saying get rid of that fly and their other part is saying wait it's a messenger and I, I need to find out what the messenger has to tell me so uh, all of this angelic these words angelic mean messages so these are messages from the divine to us can you please tell us more about yasin and the 10 statements that you mentioned in the first slide so the 10 statements um in in, uh, in sort of theology, in, in, in Islamic theology, and in, in and I guess in Sufism to some extent, I'm working right now with Uzair on some of these. They are often by the Ikhwan al-Safwa, for instance, will say that these are the ten categories of Aristotle. So these ten categories, um, but Ibn Arabi doesn't take them as categories and doesn't take them as Aristotle's uh, categories. He said the ten statements that they are. First, they are first the human beings like Abu Bakr, Omar, Uthman, and then he goes down the list. These are 10 statements. And then he says, these are 10 deputies and he goes through 10 deputies of what they are. But in his, his background, he knows that most people in his time will see those things as the 10 categories of like substance and quantity and quality and all these different uh, categories. Um, so, so what he's trying to say with the, using the word 10 statements is that there is a completeness in the 10 statements, just as there's a completeness in the people who are, include Abu Bakr all the way to um, Abdurrahman ibn Auf, and, the, and so 10 of them, Ali and, and all 10, that's a completeness because 10 is this complete number. So there are complete 10 people, complete 10 categories, complete 10 uh, grammatical particles and words. Um, that this is a complete aspect. And so Yasin then is this kind of completion. It contains all of the alighting places. Inshallah, uh, we're into Ramadan next week. Will there be any change in timings of the session? Okay, uh, we'll go ahead and, 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 and write, email me if there's any, any issues and we'll see if we can resolve them. So, but so far I'm, I'm thinking we might just stay the same timing, but if there's, there's something else we can, we can uh, modify as we go uh, later on. But as, as far as I, I know, I think 
well, tell me, tell me more about uh, if there's any kind of problems and we'll see what we can do. What about the Muhaiminum? Are they not angels? Yes, yeah, so the angels, the Muhaiminum, they are the ones who are so close to Allah that they lose their, they, they can't think of anything. They're, they're always confounded and perplexed because they don't see any subject object duality. So they're just, they're there. Um, and so this is a very beautiful uh, imagery of, of the ones that are so close that because they can't see duality, they just, they can't recognize that there's anyone else in the world. Um, and so they can't be uh, brought to service because they don't even know that they're there and that there's anyone else out there. All they see is Allah. And Ibn Arabi also speaks of angels controlling our digestive systems and mood, etc. Yeah, so that's the, uh, the uh, he talks about the, the beings inside the, the intestines and, the, and he calls these beings, they are in charge. They have an amanat, they have a sacred trust to us. And so when something comes in to us that is not good for us, it goes out either by burping or by other means. If it's good for us, it goes through us and then goes out in, in the other ways. And so these uh, beings inside the body, inside the intestines, they're the ones who determine our physical health and then our spiritual health and they determine where we are in the next, on the day of judgment. And so uh, when I first started reading this and, and trying to translate this, I, I realized that the whole discussion of gut bacteria and the biome, the gut biome was coming out about 2010, you know, kind of late there. And here he's talking about this 800 years ago. And of course the 2010, they're talking about the physical and mental uh, effects that if, you're, if your gut biome is doing well, you're physically good and you're mentally in good shape. Uh, but Ibn Arabi says there's two other things as well. There's the spirit, and, and that is that the spirit resides in this vessel of the body. And so the spirits want the vessel to be in good shape. And then there's a fourth place that when you are on the dune, when you're visiting uh, and seeing this, uh, the vision of Allah, then at that moment, how you, your body is as it is buried tells you about uh, what your vision will be. Big flies always mean hurry up. So whenever, so whenever I see one in my home, I must listen to the message. I mean the fly. Otherwise, I'm late. Yeah. Okay. There we go. So that's yeah. If we are, if we become attuned more and more to the messages that are coming to us all the time, and we end up, we kind of call that intuition. Uh, people kind of call that intuition because it's you know something, but you don't know where it came from. Well, those are those are the messages. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> and we sometimes experience divine messages, know that they're divine, but not fully understand their purpose or meaning. Yes, and that's why we had the, the, the verse ending, I think, last week, but that we will, we will understand all this ilahin at a particular moment. And so the moments are very important. We don't get everything all at once. And sometimes we don't learn something till years and years later. And that's why, so I've been using that image of the vinyl record that you get all the information you need. You get the melody of the song, but you have to go back to it 
uh, and then you go back to it. And each time you go back to it, you may learn more from it. And then it may be years later that you go back to it and you hear what is, what's inside there, what was needed to be heard. And the same way with our dreams that we, we, we you want to hold, hold your dreams and, and keep visiting them and see what do these dreams teach us? Because as things happen to you out here, that brings a different uh, understanding to the dreams that you've had, which could be years and years ago. Um, there's a clarification about the big fly. Um, I mean, this is what big flies mean to me, but they may mean other things for other people, of course. That's right. In, in the same way, words mean different things to different people. And you end up, we, get, we begin to see that each message is completely unique. It's for one person. And the other person will get something different. And that's because Allah's tajalli, the shining, radiant brilliance, is to each individual being. It's not a, a group one, and it's not a, you know, to, to everyone, it's to each one. And so we, all of us, get an as individual, one-on-one -on -one link message from the divine. If I injured my back, would the injury go through the mystical body? Is the mystical body the same as the subtle body? Yeah, so, so and of course, injuries are, are very big messages as well. They're telling us something and, and, and problems in the body and the mystic body are, the imagery is completely consistent. So when we have a problem in the mystical body, it's also a problem in, the, in, the, in this uh, mineral plant animal body as well and so you want to be we want to be finding out what brings health to this body and one of the things that brings health to the body is that all the parts of the body work together and that's how we have in 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 arabic sahih um, and salah and all of these words integration so that is that you want your body working as a whole as an integrated whole and then the mystic body we want to move as an integrated whole and so the, while there, what we need to have a way to bring together all of the parts of the body. Now, remembering that the divine names and then therefore all of, all of the names have contradictions in them. And we are trees so that we have contradiction in us. And so how to bring peace to contradictory names and contradictory parts of our body, this is the key. And it's possible with uh, the word mu'min, the divine word mu'min, is the one that is able to bring peace to the brothers and the siblings who are fighting each other. So the divine names are siblings, and then we need to find a way to bring peace among the divine names. And that's how I can accept contradictory forces in my body and then integrate them, bring peace to them. And the same way with the mystic body, that all of the pieces are going to, be, going to be contradictory to each other and they need to be found a way to bring peace to them. So therefore, the answer is not, if I've got uh, molecules or cells in my body, which are a certain thing and I think, oh, that's a bad part. I need to cut them out and throw them away. The same way we don't look around and say, oh, if we only could get rid of these three people over there who are such idiots or whatever, uh, that would solve the problem. That would not solve the problem. So the, the contradictory and the, the people who are obedient and disobedient, nice to me and not nice to me, all of that, 
the finding they are all of them part of this body. And the answer is to find integration and peace among these parts and not to eliminate any of them. And even though we may not get the whole meaning or melody from an Allahi, we still receive the full transmission. Yes, yeah, so that and that's 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 the beautiful part that what we what we are getting at every moment and, and Ibn Arabi says all you need is one moment it's all in there, so what we are getting at every moment is this completeness is the fullness, and uh, we then find out then we have to find ways to see parts of it or parts of it or parts of it, and in fact that means that the divine is this full wholeness that then is reflected in these little parts that are you and me, these little parts are you and me. And so being separated and being distinct from and being just a part of the whole is a sort of our human condition. And that's necessary because the divine cannot become separate or, or individuated because then there would be two gods. And if there were two gods, everything would be spoiled. As the Quran says. That the condition of the body has effect on our place in the dune is radical. Does this mean that our physical health affects our spiritual maqam? What about the Evila uh, uh, who died with physical illness or disability? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, the, so the, when we think about what a healthy body is in these terms, the healthy body is that one reflects the divine names. And so reflecting of the divine names, there'll be parts that, that look like they are diseased or, or incomplete or problematic. Um, but from the whole, we see that they are part of this, this beautiful whole. And that's why individual acts can be bad or diseased or corrupted. Um, but from the bigger picture, we see that they are all part of a whole. And so the same way with the divine names, that the ones that, that why do we have the name gives death? Um, shouldn't life be, what, well, no, because gives death is a necessary part. And so my cells also have to get into death. Otherwise it's called cancer and tumors and things like that. If my, my body doesn't know when to kill off a cell, then, then that's, that's gonna take me over. But it's not that the cell is bad. And so that to a cell dying is not bad. It's a necessary part. From the perspective of that, that tiny cell, it might seem like a very bad thing. And so this is how um, that, that there are certain parts of our body which have to hold certain things which are contradictory and difficult to hold. And in the next week we have our, this chapter, uh, that he's going to talk about. He doesn't use the word affliction. He uses this word that uh, this is an opportunity that comes out. So there are parts of us that have to do things and have to go get bad or die off. Just the way there are people who have to die. We all have to die. Um, and so the awliya, the ones who are friends, they can take on these parts that everyone else is saying, oh, what a horrible situation that is. And they take that situation on because it needs to be there um, and yet and someone's got to hold it and so they're holding things that are very painful very intensely afflicting so this is one of the because they are holding it something that must be held they are and they are, they are in a sense and they are preserving the whole body 
So by, by taking on this difficult part, they preserve the whole body. And the rest of us then are thankful for them to take on these difficult things because someone's got to do it. And so they're the ones who preserve and, and they're the ones who say that this cosmos, this body will continue because I will take the places that are so contradictory and so difficult for everyone else. Hmm. Some of us have had serious illness since birth or early childhood. Is there hope for us? Hmm. Yeah, the, well, this, this, and this could be when you, we look at, when we look at it, Mother Earth. Uh, it's not all green leaves and, and nice loamy soil. Uh, there's all sorts of parts of Mother Earth. There are rocky parts and arid parts and wet parts and all of these kinds of things. Um, so in a sense, when we look at that, we, we, can't, we can't look at one part and say, it's a, I see green trees, therefore it must be a good world. Or if I see uh, lots of rocky deserts and I say, oh, it must be a bad world. I have to see the whole thing. And each part then is necessary. Each part is part of Mother Earth. And there are those who are in places which are easy and those who are places which are difficult. And, uh, and there are people who are in those places which are very, very difficult, yes. Mm-hmm.